Yo, what's going on? Thank you for listening to Otaku Beef. I'm Zid Raw, Z-I-D-R-A-W-V, hashtag Ziddy Raw. I'm having a lot of fun <laughs> talking about watching Game of Thrones, playing Dragon's Dogma. It's my world. I'm just kind of doing my own thing. And I really wanted to uh, talk about Tyler, the creator, and what he said in Comic-Con. So apparently Tyler, the creator, is working on a revamp for a show that's a, a cartoon. And on the show, because it's a revamp, he got to mess a little bit with the characters. He changed the main character to a black character. So there's video footage, which I saw on Reddit, where someone asked Tyler, the creator, well, why? I just wanted to ask, why did you change this character and make him black? Now, on the video, he immediately goes off. He was like, man, niggas can't have nothing. Why is it that every single time we try to do anything, uh, someone sits there and complains, you know, just let me just have, let us have one cartoon. I want you to name five cartoons with leading black characters and I'm, I'm gonna sit back and listen I'll wait and so he leans back and everything and it's funny you know the crowd gives him the cheers because they love Tyler the creator and everything like that but he's right for a lot of reasons where there aren't really any lead characters in cartoons and movies and stuff where the main character is black Here's what he said. He's like, he's not the comic relief character. He's not the sidekick. He's the main character. That just doesn't happen. Because there's too much just almost like understood, understood complacency of, of people. There's too much understood and implied I don't know if it's just like nonsense, but it's just like, yeah, it's a black character, so shit. It's a black character, so he let's make him funny. Let's make him the sidekick. Let's make him tell jokes. Let's let him make us laugh. Or, yeah, the black character, you know, he's the friend. He informs the world of the main character. And that's always been that has always been my problem with a lot of these shows is that the default character is always white. Like when you say, all right, close your eyes and we're going to make a, this new show and whatever the genre is, we're just like, think of the main character. Let's figure out who he is together. And you're automatically thinking of a white guy. Not because you hate black people or because you love uh, only like white people or because you hate Asian people or you hate Hispanic people. It's not about that. It's about the default setting that white is standard white is the ordinary normal way of the world and i don't know if they have this problem in other countries they pro- they don't really have it in uh, japan they don't really have it in other places but i don't know in america that's kind of how it is so that's the frustration that i've always personally you know felt we're like the main character it's always is always white and the black character is always 
his best friend. So imagine growing up in in the United States and imagine growing up in the United States as a black kid and you're like, I want to be I want to be a superhero or I want to be the cowboy or I want to be whatever. And then you go and you're playing with your friends and your friends are like, well, you can't really be the superhero. You can't really be the cowboy because there are none. There are no black there are no black superheroes or black cowboys and stuff like that. You can't be hey Arnold. You can be Arnold's best friend. You can't be TJ Detweiler. You can be Vince the gun that's good at sports. Know what I'm saying? And that's always how it is. So that type of frustration, I can see. And there's no point of even trying to be. Tyler, the creator, was like, I'm not going to sit here and be reasonable with you, man. I'm literally just going to say, this is what we're doing. Deal with it. And then get mad. And why not? Because it's a persistent... I don't know if you guys know how fucking annoying that is, man. Where it's like, it's like anytime... Anytime you just want to be the lead or you just want to be the main dude, someone's always got some shit to say. And I know, I know that that's what, what's going on because he's not just looking at it from the perspective of, of a fan. Tyler, the creator, is basically looking at it from the perspective as a content creator. He's always talked about wanting to do cartoons, wanting to do movies, and you know when he gets in those rooms with the CEOs or whatever, and he's like, this is my show, whatever, kids are doing X, Y, Z. And then he says, okay, so here's the main kid. His name is, um, his name is Antoine. He's da da da, he's, 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 he's a black kid. And they're like, well, I don't know if enough kids are going to relate to Antoine. You know, maybe we should make him white because there's more white people that watch comic books or that watch these type of movies and this and that. And it's bizarre the fact that we can't be inclusive and I this is why people get so angry about their causes and they overextend because when someone tries to do the tiniest little thing the tiniest little thing everybody loses their fucking minds I imagine that that's what it's like when it comes to um, I imagine that this is what it's like when it comes to other other type shows when it comes to um, when they're like, hey, we're going to make Thor, we're going to make her a woman. And everyone was like, oh my God, it's crazy. Like, it's so, it's so weird to me that we can't make changes if the changes are in the vibe of the character. And I'm not talking about the outward vibe. I'm talking about if they keep the soul of the character, fucking make make anybody everything make harry potter uh asian kid who uh blah 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 from canada who was a lumberjack like whatever as long as he's still at his soul a kind nice caring person who wants to do right by his friends but then he's just really brave and he's a great flyer as long as he's still harry potter you don't have him being like an asian stereotype this is what i'm getting at like I don't know, man. I just think about this type of stuff and I see Tyler, the creator, sitting here railing about this type of shit, about just like he, he's sick. He's probably just sick of it. He's probably just sick of people just constantly saying, well, why do you have to do this? Why do you have to do this thing? Why can't you do like like he's making every show for the status quo and it's it's 
it's one of those things where we're just going to have to, I, I can't wait till we're 15 years down the line and we can stop having the same fucking conversation and the same, the same, um, the same energy we could be focusing on how can we make it so that kids are happy at school? How can we make it so that people are getting enough to eat and actually aren't depressed and are actually doing jobs that they enjoy? But no, we want to be like, why are they changing um, this character to, uh, to this or whatever? <sighs> Makes me tired. And it's so funny too, because like, what they don't know is that when they get into the studio and stuff, Hollywood goes in and changes characters that are already ethnic and turns them white all the time. All the time. Look at Avatar the movie. They took these Inuit characters and these Asian characters, and I know they're not fucking from the real world, but they're obviously brown and yellow people and they made them white. Look at the Dragon Ball Z atrocity of a movie. Uh, look at Ghost in the Shell. When Neil Gaiman was trying to get Anansi Boys made, which takes place in New Orleans, starring all black cast, all black, Hollywood told Neil Gaiman, oh, uh, I don't think black people read fantasy, so I don't think you should do it. He was like, what the fuck? Like, Neil Gaiman can't even get it couldn't even get a show made about black characters it it's so new these days that this shit is happening but it's finally happening so it just makes me want to be like yo just ignore these people just do you and power shouts out and all that shit to Tyler the creator because that shit is annoying so i'm fucking with him 100 percent uh shouts to the god love peace hair grease etc Hey, what's going on? This is Zid Raw. Welcome to Otaku Beef. It's still Monday, which is just another ordinary day. Uh, I used to get into these almost weird, what up, man? Weird, like, internal arguments, you know what I'm saying? About how people are just upset about Monday. Monday is the worst. I hate Mondays. There's even the famous Garfield cartoon where the running joke is, you know, oh, Mondays, they're out to get me. And, you know, that was kind of the humor where, like, Garfield, you know, he's a cat, so he doesn't really have a, 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 a job. But, like, they would make it to where he would wake up on Mondays and, like, his toast would get burnt. And then he would jump out of bed, but then, like, all of a sudden, he would trip on something and fall and, like, break, or, like, break his tail or, you know, silly stuff like that. And it was like, oh, uh, must be Monday. All the bad stuff is happening today. And that's the sentiment, you know? But my thing is, I've always just been so confused especially once I started to get a little bit more engaged with myself in terms of this is who I am and it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter what is the general sentiment of the pub of the population. Monday is just another day. Monday isn't like, Oh, the end is nigh. 
and I have to start my life over. It's not like that at all. Monday is just, it's just a day. It's just another day on the calendar that comes after Sunday and it comes before Tuesday. But it's the weight that we attach to the Monday. We feel as if, man, I was having so much fun yesterday. I was relaxing. I was free. And Monday, I feel trapped. And it's not even just adults, kids who don't like school. They're waiting just for the bell to ring. They're waiting for recess. They're waiting for sports practice, art practice, music practice, anything except for school. We've we've injected it into our culture in this almost bizarre, absurdist manner of life is better on the weekends. But I feel as if the goal of life at least for me, is to make it to where every day is no different than every other day. Mondays should be no different than Saturday. Should be no different than Friday. Should be no different than Tuesday. With to varying degree, obviously. But Monday shouldn't be terrible because it's Monday. Monday should be terrible because something bad happens. Sunday should be great because something good happens or bad because something bad happens. Not because it's no longer a time when we're free. I almost feel like that's the goal. And I'm encouraging everybody to try and figure out why is it that Mondays are the worst? Why does Monday feel like jail or prison sentence or whatever you want to call it? Why isn't Monday just as amazing as the day before. And it's so funny because like I feel so strongly about this. This wasn't even what I was going to talk about in this first part of the segment. I just had to get that out because I really genuinely believe that you can have a happy Monday. And here's the key. (coughs) It's not when you get your dream job. It's not when you quit your job. It's right now. It's in deciding that Monday is just another day. Then you won't take everything else that's kind of occurring so seriously. It won't be as big a deal because, yeah, you know, it's not a bit. You don't only have two hours a night. You're all you have all day. You're in that moment. And that's the truth. So the more I work and the more I push towards what I want and what I hope for, I'm just learning that saying no is the game right there. Saying no to certain things, that's everything. Because what that does is it makes sure that you're doing what you want to do, which leads to more happiness and leads to more success. What I recently did is I took the advice of um, a lot of different uh, successful uh, business people and uh, podcasters and people that make videos. You know who I'm talking about, the same ones I mention all the time. And what I did is I wrote down exactly what I wanted. Exactly. 
And I'm not talking about the stuff. Like, I'm not talking about, yeah, I want this car or I want this house. Not specifically just the things, but the reasons for wanting the things. Do I want this new car because when I was a kid, I never had a brand new car? Do I want nice clothes because I, I just, I, I don't feel right unless I'm dressed impeccably all the time? Whatever, whatever it was. And I'm, you know, those are just hypotheticals to kind of like illustrate the point. But I wrote down everything that I was going after and why, because the why is what you're really going after. So I'm learning. So, if you write, man, I want, I want to, I want to date a lot of hot, hot girls, and then you write why, and then your reason is because I want to be popular. Oh, you don't actually want to date a lot of hot girls. You want to be popular, and there's many different ways to get and feel as if you are really an actual popular person. If you say, I want to play professional football, and then you say, why? And then your, your reasoning is, well, because I want to be rich, and I want to have an easy, uh, life, an easy ter- life in terms of money because my family was always very poor. There's 15 of us living in a single house. No, you don't want to play professional football. You want, you want uh, fluid income. That's what I'm talking about. And I'm, this is new. I'm not an expert at it at all by any means, but I'm understanding because this is what I'm going through and this is what I'm dealing with. So here's what's so great about it. Because once you make that full decision, you determine, uh, you start to understand a lot of things. You start making your decisions no longer based on what you think you want, but what you actually want. So when you learn, oh, it's not that I want a lot of girls, I just want to be popular. Now you start making your decisions very simply. Is this going to make me more popular? Yes or no? And if hanging out on the weekend with some really cool people makes you, uh, doesn't make you popular, then you don't hang out with them. And if hanging out on the weekend with some cool people does make you popular, you do. Or if doing something nice for some people doesn't make you popular, you don't hang out with them. But if hanging out with some nice people does, then you do. It's simple. But here's, the, here's what's cool about it. When you really write down the list and you're like, I want to play professional football. And you're like, why? And you're just like, I just love the game. I love football more than anything. I go to sleep thinking about football. I wake up thinking about football. Well, then you want to play professional football. You want to be a football player. And even then, when you go for that dream, you may not end up in the pros, but you're going to end up in that arena. You may be a coach. You may be a commentator. You may be a million other things. And I think that's beautiful. So that's what I'm kind of hoping and focusing on in terms of what is it that I really want? And now all my decisions that I've been making steadily for the past few weeks has literally just been on based on, does this get me toward my goal or take me away from my goal? If I'm struggling, hey, I don't know if I should go to this party or whatever. Do you want to go to the party? Well, it's like, yeah, but I want to work on this song more. So that's what I do. 
write it down. So there's a laundry list of people that inspire me. And I feel like if you don't have inspirations, you don't have aspirations. And there's just so many from so many different endeavors. And it's not just something, someone who's in the same craft as you. I don't make movies, but Quentin Tarantino is a massive inspiration. I'm an athlete, but Usain Bolt is a massive inspiration. I don't draw manga, but Ichiro Oda, brilliant storyteller, great inspiration. Who are some of your inspirations? I want you to call in and tell me, who inspires you to do whatever it is you want to do? Do you want to make video games? Do you want to be a mangaka? Do you want to be some form of professional, uh, what, what's it called? I guess it's just called a race car driver. Who inspires you inside your craft and outside your craft? Because you can really learn something from everybody. Everything that you do is not singularly focused, it's multifaceted. The uh, athletes know that there's a business side to being in the NBA. There are athletic endeavors where it requires you to meet people, to take business cards, to go and shake hands. Being a computer programmer, you know that there's a creative aspect to the technical field. You have to ha uh, have some familiarity with design, with model, with structure, with human psychology. There's multiple things. So everything kind of influences everything else. I mean, I was reading, uh, like I'm always reading Hunter Hunter. It's my favorite manga. I'm going through the new chapters and it's just so well done. It's so compelling that in the middle of the story, you're captivated and then you're just shot to another another realm another location it's something that a lot of manga series don't have is the honesty of the soul of what they are and who they are he leans heavy into very thoughtful characters very thought focused characters strategic characters people getting into these difficult choices where they have to make these crazy decisions and depending on the character there's going to be a wealth of the decision making that has to take place right away. So seeing somebody do something like that so well, where this is who he is and this is what he's trying to produce, I'm inspired in going 100% into who I am. And I think about that both in terms of storytelling from a practical standpoint and in terms of uh, making music um, from a, almost like a spiritual standpoint where it's not like I'm copying or I'm modeling my work after his, it's more like the work ethic. He's 100% who he is when he's writing these stories. Togashi just knows he's a thinker, he loves strategy, he likes games and stuff where you figure out puzzles. And so people were complaining that there was too much inner thought, not enough action in the later series once we started to get to the Chimera Ant arc. Big splash pages was full of dialogue and inner monologues and stuff almost like a comic book on steroids where when Batman is punching someone in the face you hear this big dialogue tree of yes this was Killer Croc and I did this because XYZ and I know that if I do this this happens and I know if I do that this happens a lot of that and people didn't like it but it's never been more popular and you know why it's because he is 100% being him and he's going to be more polarizing, which means the people that buy in are gonna really buy in 
and the people that buy out are really not going to buy out. And that's one of the reasons why it's so, that's one of the reasons why it's so, um, so strong. And it's also the reason in reverse why a lot of books and a lot of series don't do as well because they are half-hearted and half-structured. They don't go all in. They, they, they are trying to mirror or mimic what they feel people want. And as a result, you get a bunch of middle-of-the-road stories that just kind of keep going, but they're not memorable. That's that memorability that comes with that. And seeing someone do something of that nature is a fantastic inspiration for someone like myself just because of how in-depth and how precious and how focused he is with putting it together. So once again, I'm going to ask you, you guys the same question. What are your inspirations? Who are they in your profession and out of your profession? Let me know. I'm Zid Raw. This is Otaku Beef. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, let me play a song. Hey, what's going on? So I have a special request from all you guys. Anybody and everybody who is listening, and I do thank you for checking it in, um, let me know if you've ever used VR in any aspect. If you've used the Samsung uh, or the, I think other brands have it too, but for the most part, I only know about the Samsung, where you can take your phone and you can kind of slide it into the headset. Or if you've used the uh, Oculus, which is the third party VR machine that you can use, where it kind of does the same thing. But that was the one that kind of got popularized via uh, Kickstarter, I believe. I think it was a Kickstarter campaign for this new tech, which I'm sure they had a lot of R&D and a lot of uh, development and testing and stuff. And that's the one that really pushed and became the name of it until they started to realize that other people had um, were able to kind of copy their technology because it hasn't been fully fully vetted and streamlined or anything like that yet. But I want to put a shout out or a call out to kind of everybody who has used it or knows someone has used it or has tested it in uh, any manner, any aspect uh, to definitely let me know just so that I can kind of hear and know your particular story on what it was like, basically. What did it feel like? Did you enjoy it? Was it not exactly what you expected? Was it fun? Was it lame? There's a VR machine over at one of the malls that myself and uh, probably some friends or whatever, we're gonna go test. So I would love it if, if you guys could tell me what exactly was it like for you when you tested VR? Oh, even better. Did, have, you bought, have you bought VR? Do you use VR like on the regular? Have you purchased the Samsung one and it's just like blowing your mind? Because I'm so curious. Because VR, it's this very new concept. No, 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 that's wrong. VR is a very old concept. It's a very old concept that all of a sudden we have the tech for so we can do it to at least some degree. And obviously that seems like the way to go, right? It seems like that's the next step. Um, the only other thing from science fiction 
that would take it a step further because a lot you know we get our ideas from science fiction um, the internet was really talked about as a future technology in uh, Ender's Game probably as it was being invented or a little bit after maybe he heard about it or whatever but he's like this sounds like the future or maybe he just thought of it simultaneously that definitely happens too um, but the internet and a couple other things from uh, tablets was also from Ender's Game where the students didn't have desks they had tablets where the information would just flow on the screen and you could run, it, run your finger around it or you could draw on it which is basically iPads stuff like that the only other thing other than virtual uh, reality headsets was um, in Star Trek the, uh, the actual full VR chamber where you would literally walk in and be in another world. There's that. And then there's the one where you have the headset, but it transports your mind somewhere else, almost like to uh, Ready Player One that's coming out soon, or in um, Sword Art Online, stuff like that. And VR in general, it definitely seems like the next best step. But the weird thing is, holding a controller in your hand still feels very intuitive and natural and fully functional and wonderful. Holding that controller in your hand, it just fucking works. And escaping to a virtual world where the action is happening directly in front of you and not just, oh yeah, like the game's happening on my screen and I'm disassociated. No, where you are the character. I think VR may get me into first-person games. I don't know though, I haven't tried it yet, but I'm just so excited about what it could mean. I know what I would be interested in from just like a personal standpoint is the full-on escape of really disappearing into the worlds that I feel like are fun, where they just sort of have the right risk to reward ratio to really keep me engaged. And obviously, for someone like me, I'm talking about an RPG. I know that, that I know that a lot of people are just like using VR right now for porn, which is kind of how the technology goes. We're driven by uh, our lust, at least a lot of men are. Just that natural testosterone when it comes to, oh, I'm gonna do this for the women, or I'm gonna do that for women are gonna like me. That's cool and everything. And I don't really have anything against that. I mean, shit, we got a lot of really cool stuff because of uh, the porn industry. We got Blu-ray because the porn industry decided that Blu-ray was the standard for high-definition television. And I'm assuming it'll probably be the same for VR. Once they decide what the standard is, uh, whatever site or whatever, it'll probably flow over because I'm just all about pushing the technology. I want VR like everywhere. And actually, I've been on record as saying I really love augmented reality. I like the application of taking something virtual and putting it in the real world. I think that is so fucking cool. The freaking Pokemon Go, when that first came out, what a great test for augmented reality. Now, that game didn't have enough game behind it for me to really fully invest, but the concept of it, 
the concept of the fact that you just walk, you hold your phone, and the screen pulls the image from the real world, and then the Pokemon is implanted on the real world. So it's as if they're fully everywhere, and they've invested in what's going on, and it's all around you. Very cool. I really like that. And I want more stuff like that, but for other properties, other endeavors, other things where... Um, other things where I'm just like, yeah, the video game world and the anime world is invading real life. Like, can you imagine? Like, okay, imagine this. Imagine if, you know, your home is whatever, right? It is what it is what it is. But you slide on your VR glasses. And in my scenarios, I'm using glasses instead of contacts because I don't know if I could actually wear contacts. I don't know if I could actually put it in my eye. Uh, I don't think I could do it. But you slide your glasses on and all of a sudden you have decor, 3D decor. You have stuff pulled from your favorite anime show in real life. You have a buster sword from Final Fantasy VII leaning against the wall. You've got Pin Pin from Neon Genesis Evangelion chilling as like your virtual pet. But it's all in your real, in your real house. And you can have it there for as long as you want. And it's just sort of there in front of you. Now, obviously, the goal is to get it to where you don't need the glasses. But in this scenario, it's by the glasses. Then you leave your house, right? Take your glasses off when you're working, whatever. You put your glasses on, you leave your house. And certain areas are done up in the virtual way. Like, uh, like like uh, Shibuya what's the name of the station the famous anime station in Japan I think it's Shibuya but I'm, I feel like I'm getting it wrong that's unreal to me it's beautiful to think that oh hey we're having an anime convention and we can only afford to decorate so much the rest we do in the computer here are your virtual reality glasses and so it's just filling the room with really cool unique anime stuff and environments that take the, the whole le process to an, uh, the next level. That's what I'm getting at. The VR is awesome. And augmented reality can be awesome too. I think that we could do so much to really emphasize and liven things that are already occurring. Things that could be regular are going to be Irregular, and that would be amazing. And obviously, it'll get fucking annoying when advertisers figure out a way to take over it. But in the beginning, man, those beginning stages are going to be beautiful, and I can't wait. Yo, what's going on? This is Zid Raw, Z I D R Double V. Thanks for listening to Taco Beef, and I just saw probably what's one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Apparently, Logic brought out Lil Yachty on stage and played Mario Kart against him on stage for the audience. Now, if you are at all familiar with Logic and kind of what he does, he's a pretty avid gamer. He's big into the Metal Gear Solid series where he's posted about, actually when the new one came out, the Phantom Pain, he posted himself basically playing uh, the game, a couple of images and stuff like that, so forth and so on. So anyway, apparently last night, 
at the show, he just brought Yachty out. Because uh, the show was in Atlanta, which is Yachty's home turf. He's uh, one of those other guys kind of bringing that sound, which is kind of dominating the airwaves, radio waves, and stuff like that. But he's just another one of, uh, of those guys that's kind of in that group with uh, Migos and a couple of others like that. So, apparently at the show last night, Logic had a break <laughs> and he brought him out and they put, the, uh, they put the game on the massive, massive screen that was kind of behind them. I think he had the big giant projector where they usually put images and other items of like some artwork and some uh, gifts and some moving flashing images and stuff like that up on screen but instead it's just this giant one-on-one -on -one Mario Kart match or I don't even know if it was one-on-one -on -one, but it was definitely uh, a match and I'm sure the crowd got a super kick out of that because I mean we like stuff like that because it's it just connects us more to the artists that we love so Super shout out to Logic. Super amazing. Apparently he said he, he brought him out so he could, he could destroy him at Mario Kart. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that Logic won that bout. And, uh, you know, more power, more power to them both. I love it. I freaking love it. And I just, I'm not one of those people that's just not down with uh, people in all endeavors if I don't like one aspect of him. And I'm only saying this because people will be like, oh man, he brought out Yachty, fuck Yachty. I hate Yachty's music. Meanwhile, Yachty's music has nothing to do with Mario Kart. You know what I mean? So yeah, that was one of those really cool moments just in hip hop, where it's just showing how, um, how it's fun. Why is everything so fucking serious all the time? I get it, there's moments you're serious, you're talking about real shit, you're talking about this is where I'm from, ain't nothing sweet around here, you know, serving pancakes or whatever the fuck phrase is. And it's just like, sometimes I just want people to remember that hip hop is fun. It originally was the freaking, um, you know the guys, Run DMC. My Adidas. And then jump around. Like it was, let's party, let's have fun. And whatever the, the party language of the day is, I think in this case, video games certainly applies. He's touching that fan base, man. I just think it's smart. When you touch that fan base that 100%, 100% doesn't have that quote unquote representation that other fan bases do, well, I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you rep the people who aren't being repped, if you rep the gamers on the big stage and you sort of are like, hey, we're gamers and everything, but we're still cool and we're still nerdy, but we're still down. I think that's fire. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, uh, I thought that was just a cool bit of, of hip hop news that I haven't personally seen often. I mean, I did expect, I do expect to see stuff like that like when Frank Ocean played a little bit of Galaga on his uh, SNL performance or when Mega Ran or Samus, because they're gamer nerdcore rappers, but I 100% love the fact that Logic incorporated this too. So, you know, shout to him. 
and uh, the whole Rat Pack crew. I think it's great, and I hope he keeps doing stuff like that and just continues to build and grow. Once again, thank you guys for listening to Otaku Beef with Zid Raw, podcasting as much as possible, telling you as much as possible, and hopefully reaching you with as much depth as I possibly can. I'm literally just talking about stuff that interests me, which is otaku shit, hip-hop shit, you know, the same stuff I talk about all the time. I try to give you guys at least 30 to 45 minutes, um, sometimes an hour, time permitting, but I just love the fact that if anybody has any time to listen to anything that I have to say, for whatever reason, under any capacity, uh, I just really appreciate that. So, uh, as always, you can reach me on my different social media channels. Lately, I've been really getting into Twitter, so shoot me a shout out over at the Zid Raw on Twitter. I'd love to chop it up with you guys. We can talk about whatever. Um, but it's Zid Raw everywhere else. But I'm going to direct you guys to Twitter, the Zid Raw, and my YouTube page, which is Zid Raw. I'm starting to put a lot of stuff up on YouTube, and I'm actually about to upload some more otaku beef stuff, hopefully tonight, if not manana. It's kind of bigger, so it may take me a couple of days. But I'm definitely putting up new music tonight on the SoundCloud at ZidRaw. And uh, it's a beat tape based on Ranma One Half. This is the Farinkin High beat tape. So if you're a fan of Ranma One Half or of old school anime from the 90s in any capacity, I think you may fuck with this one. Uh, definitely check it out. Tell me what you think. It, uh, you know, put it on the background while you're studying or whatever. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Keep at it. Keep going for it. Keep going for your dreams. Keep doing you. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about whatever craziness comes up. Uh, I mean, I just love old shit, you know? I love going through stuff that's already happened and dissecting it. I haven't done a dissection of s- some of the stuff that's really important to me in terms of, like, fiction. Like, I haven't done a dissection of Lord of the Rings. I haven't done the section of the Harry Potter series, of um, Joe Abercrombie's book series, of Patrick Rothfuss series, which is so incredibly dope do yourself a favor if you read fantasy in any capacity and you haven't read a name of the wind read it read it read it now it's going to be a three book series books one and two are already out book one is amazing book two is perfect damn near perfect book three we've been waiting for a few years now but it's coming when it comes and if you just have any inclination to read any fantasy at all this is that done to a crazy degree. The guy is a super obsessive perfectionist. And uh, I'm really, really cannot wait to see the end of this series. So yeah, definitely check that out. It's Patrick Rothfuss, R-O-T-H-F-U-S-S, A Name of the Wind. That's my recommendation for the day. Go chase whatever it is you want to chase. Go chase your dreams because you're just going to be happier for it. And the Franken High beat tape is coming up tonight. I'll put it up on SoundCloud. I'll link it on Twitter. Uh, I'm just going to work on the cover art for a little bit. And then that will be that, yo. Love, peace, beep.